Welcome to the Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care podcast. Why does this topic matter? One person in the United States dies from a drug overdose every six minutes. We as healthcare providers must do better to treat addiction, prevent overdoses, and improve the lives of our patients and their families. This podcast is designed to provide you with simple and evidence-based information on substance use disorders that you can use to take better care of your patients on your next shift. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care. Dr. Casey Grover here once again as your host. We're going to get started straight away on this episode, which is on the topic of phenobarbital for alcohol withdrawal. I've been treating alcohol withdrawal with benzodiazepines for the majority of my career, and I don't have much experience with phenobarbital. I keep trying to figure out when is a good time to add in phenobarbital, and I just keep finding myself asking myself the question, when is the right time to pull the trigger on phenobarbital for alcohol withdrawal? So here I am, having turned that question into an episode. And I've got to be honest, I did not find a perfect paper or article for this episode, so I ended up doing quite a bit of literature review to try to take a look at what's been studied on phenobarbital for alcohol withdrawal so we can really get a good answer as to what's the best way to use phenobarbital for alcohol withdrawal. And spoiler alert, it's messy. This has been the most difficult episode to date for me to research. So, we'll start with our first paper, which is from Curious in 2021, entitled Phenobarbital versus Lorazepam for Management of Alcohol Withdrawal Syndrome, a Retrospective Cohort Study. The lead author was Fadi Hawa. The authors begin with the standard introduction section. We all know that alcohol is a widely available and abused substance in the United States with an estimated 1.2 million hospital admissions annually in the United States related to alcohol use disorder. There are about 500,000 episodes of alcohol withdrawal annually that are severe enough to require clinical attention. The authors continue to point out that benzodiazepines are the most common medication used to treat alcohol withdrawal. However, some patients with heavy alcohol use can develop cross-tolerance to benzodiazepines, and some patients experience rebound withdrawal symptoms after being treated with benzodiazepines for alcohol withdrawal. So, benzos aren't perfect. Here, the authors pivot to introduce phenobarbital, which they describe as a clinically safe, cost-effective, and easy-to-use medication. They note that commonly used doses of phenobarbital for alcohol withdrawal are not associated with sedation. At the hospital system where the authors work, they have several protocols in place to treat alcohol withdrawal with options for the physician to choose. And those options include lorazepam and phenobarbital based on the physician's preference. The exception to this is that patients going to the ICU are all given phenobarbital as a part of their treatment regimen. So, they did a retrospective review of the treatments of alcohol withdrawal at their hospital to find out if there was one agent that was better than another. 
They looked at patients who were admitted to a general medical ward for alcohol intoxication or alcohol withdrawal. After a few inclusion and exclusion criteria, they drilled it down to 606 patients, 543 of which received lorazepam alone, and 63 of which received phenobarbital alone. And when they looked at transfers from the ward to the intensive care unit, 30-day readmissions to the hospital after discharge, and emergency department visits within 30 days after discharge, there was no difference between the two groups. So, lorazepam and phenobarbital were the same here, and I wish they had included the doses used, but they didn't. Interestingly, they did find that the length of stay in the hospital was shorter with phenobarbital compared to lorazepam. In the discussion section, the authors go through their results and point out that there is quite a bit of other literature on this topic and that other studies have generally found that benzodiazepines and phenobarbital are roughly equivalent for the management of alcohol withdrawal. They can both be used as monotherapy or they can be combined when needed. So, wrapping up this first paper in my mind, I have options. I can use benzos to treat alcohol withdrawal. I personally mostly use diazepam in my practice, but phenobarbital is an equivalent option. So, I wanted to dig in a little deeper into the nuts and bolts of the use of phenobarbital for alcohol withdrawal. So, I went back to a paper that we reviewed in a previous episode. It's from Open Access Emergency Medicine in 2020. The lead author is Chelsea Wolfe. And the title is Management of Alcohol Withdrawal in the Emergency Department, Current Perspectives. I skipped most of the sections and scrolled down to the bit about phenobarbital, and we'll dig into that here. The authors begin their discussion of phenobarbital for alcohol withdrawal by reiterating a point made in the first paper that we reviewed on this episode, which is that some patients with heavy alcohol use can develop cross-tolerance to benzodiazepines, making benzodiazepines less effective for treating alcohol withdrawal. As such, phenobarbital may work better for patients with alcohol withdrawal in certain cases. Phenobarbital, in terms of the mechanism, is similar to benzodiazepines. Both drug classes work at the GABA-A receptor. Benzodiazepines work by potentiating the effects of GABA at the GABA receptor, and at lower doses, phenobarbital does that too. However, at higher doses, phenobarbital works differently as it can activate the GABA receptor directly even when GABA is not present. Furthermore, phenobarbital inhibits the release of glutamate as well. We're going to take a brief aside here to process this. Alcohol withdrawal is a state of excessive glutamate activity and inadequate GABA activity. Benzos increase GABA activity Phenobarbital increases GABA activity even when GABA isn't available and reduces glutamate activity. It sounds like phenobarbital would actually potentially be a better choice for alcohol withdrawal given the mechanism, or at the very least, potentially a better choice for severe alcohol withdrawal. Back to the article. The authors move on to discuss a little bit more about phenobarbital specifically. They note that the medication has a rapid onset of 5 to 30 minutes and a half-life of 50 to 140 hours. Phenobarbital remains 
pharmacodynamically active for several days after administration and therefore has a self-tapering property as it is slowly metabolized. And we know from previous episodes where we discussed alcohol withdrawal that a self-tapering medication with a long half-life is ideal for managing alcohol withdrawal. And phenobarbital, specifically given these properties, is effective and long-acting enough that a single dose may be given in the emergency department and the patient can be discharged without requiring any other agent. The authors move on to look at some of the studies comparing phenobarbital to benzodiazepines for alcohol withdrawal, and like the first article we reviewed on this episode, found that both agents are effective at managing alcohol withdrawal. One study from 2013 interestingly found that there was a decreased rate in ICU admission when patients in the emergency department with alcohol withdrawal were given phenobarbital rather than lorazepam without any increase in the rates of adverse events. However, other studies have not shown a difference in ICU admission rates. A review article on the topic from 2019 showed that the combination of benzodiazepines and phenobarbital was particularly effective in managing severe alcohol withdrawal, which, given phenobarbital's mechanism of action, makes perfect sense. Let's take a brief bit here to process this. So phenobarbital seems to be an effective choice for alcohol withdrawal, works as well as benzodiazepines when applied to the general population of patients with alcohol withdrawal, and works particularly well when added to treatment regimens for patients with severe alcohol withdrawal. So based on what we've reviewed so far, when I was writing this episode, I was convinced that phenobarbital was a good choice for alcohol withdrawal. But none of these papers that I was reviewing told me dosing or how to actually use phenobarbital in my practice. I looked around on PubMed more and just couldn't find what I needed. So I moved to a basic internet search, and fortunately, I found some pretty promising information pretty quickly. From the non-peer-reviewed article world, I found a piece published by the American College of Emergency Physicians in 2018 as a news article under the Critical Care Medicine section. It was written by two emergency physicians, Derek Donovan and Harman Singh Gill, and the title was exactly what I was looking for, Phenobarbital for Alcohol Withdrawal. So I started reading. The authors review all of the stuff we've learned so far in this episode the long half-life, the pharmacology, and the effects of phenobarbital on GABA and glutamate in the brain. Then they started getting into more practical stuff. First, they point out that phenobarbital should be used in patients with severe alcohol withdrawal, particularly alcohol withdrawal refractory to benzodiazepines. And I think by now we've come to that conclusion as well in this episode. The authors move on with a few approaches on how to dose the medication. They first report that you can use a loading dose of 10 to 15 milligrams per kilogram of ideal body weight given as a 30-minute infusion, and that at that dosing regimen, it is unlikely that you will cause respiratory depression. Another approach they outline is to give an initial dose of 130 milligrams of IV phenobarbital over three minutes for symptoms of mild withdrawal or 260 milligrams IV over five minutes as an initial dose for moderate to severe symptoms. The patient can be given additional boluses of 130 milligrams IV every 30 minutes as needed until withdrawal symptoms are controlled with many patients requiring more than one dose. 
They also point out that phenobarbital can be given IM or PO when IV access is not available. A few things that they caution us to watch out for with phenobarb, and they say that phenobarbital, when combined with other sedating medications, can cause significant sedation. Phenobarbital, furthermore, is hepatically cleared, so it should be avoided in those patients with significant hepatic impairment. And for me, this is like how we think about using diazepam, which is also hepatically cleared. It's okay to give if there are some LFT elevations, but signs of significant liver disease, like an elevated bilirubin or elevated INR, you should probably use a different agent. So I was really excited about this. I, I, I had it in my mind. We can either use 10 to 15 milligrams per kilogram as a 30-minute infusion or use boluses of 130 milligrams. And then I started thinking about practically what this would look like, and I had to take pause. I am 85 kilograms. 10 milligrams per kilogram is 850 milligrams. 15 milligrams per kilogram is 1,275 milligrams. 130 milligrams for me is only 1.5 milligrams per kilogram. And I thought, what? That makes no sense. Why would the recommended doses be off by a factor of 10? We are either giving 1.5 milligrams per kilogram or 15 milligrams per kilogram. This doesn't seem right. So as I was writing this episode, I thought we've just got to dig deeper into this topic. That dosing range is way too broad, particularly when we're being warned about the possibility of oversedation. So I kept coming back to this question of, we've clearly found from the literature that phenobarbital is useful and effective for the management of alcohol withdrawal, but how do we actually dose it? Well, I went back to PubMed again. This time I found an article from Hospital Pharmacy in 2017 by the author D.A. Hammond, and it was entitled, Patient Outcomes Associated with Phenobarbital Use with or Without Benzodiazepines for Alcohol Withdrawal Syndrome, a Systematic Review. And the doses from the studies that they reviewed for their systematic review were all over the place. One study used 10 milligrams per kilogram monotherapy. One study started with 65 milligrams, then doubled the dose as needed every hour up to 260 milligrams. One study started with 260 milligrams, then gave subsequent doses of 130 milligrams. One study gave doses of 100 to 200 milligrams hourly. One study gave doses of 60 milligrams QID with a taper. And just to clarify, these were all IV doses. There was no mention of IM or PO dosing. All of these studies showed that phenobarbital was effective for alcohol withdrawal, so once again, What's the best way to dose it? And a brief side note, if you're wondering why doses of phenobarbital tend to be in multiples of 130 milligrams, 65 being half of 130 and 260 being double 130, it's apparently because phenobarbital vials contain 130 milligrams. At this point, as I was writing this episode, I was getting pretty frustrated with the lack of consensus on how to actually use phenobarbital and so I headed into an emergency department shift with the knowledge that phenobarbital is useful for alcohol withdrawal, but I still had no idea how to use it. And of course, one of my first patients of the morning 
had alcohol withdrawal that was significant. We had provided 30 milligrams of oral diazepam and the patient was still having significant withdrawal symptoms. I debated phenobarbital, but once again, I, I really wasn't sure how to dose it. So as I was getting the patient admitted, I talked to our hospital's chemical dependency team about the possibility of using phenobarbital, and they told me that we really don't use it at all at our hospital for alcohol withdrawal. But as we discussed it as a possibility for treatment, the team was open to the idea and let me know that there are a lot of good protocols using phenobarbital for alcohol withdrawal out there and that we should look into it. So PubMed gave me an extremely confusing answer, so it was time to go back to Google. I stumbled upon a piece from the University of Rochester's Pharmacy and Toxicology News newsletter entitled Substituting IV Phenobarbital for IV Benzodiazepines in the Treatment of Alcohol Withdrawal from February 2012. This was written, and I remember this from residency, in 2012 when benzodiazepines were in short supply. They start by asking who should get IV phenobarbital for alcohol withdrawal, and their answer was patients with moderate to severe alcohol withdrawal. They then go on to lay out their protocol, which is essentially a start low and go slow approach. Here's their protocol. If the patient has acute alcohol withdrawal, they give 65 milligrams of IV phenobarbital. You reassess the patient in five minutes, and if still in withdrawal, give an additional 65 milligrams. Their goal is to treat withdrawal without overly sedating the patient. If there's no response at 65 milligrams, give 130 milligrams. Reassess the patient. If there's no response at 130 milligrams, give 260 milligrams. They recommend the patient be reassessed and redosed every five to 10 minutes as needed. If the patient has required a total dose of 10 to 15 milligrams per kilogram, then the patient should likely be admitted to the ICU. Now this is a protocol that actually makes sense to me. Give a dose, reassess. If not better, redose. If not better, double the dose, reassess. If not better, double the dose again. That's actually pretty similar to what we do with benzodiazepines. As I was feeling a little bit better here, writing this episode, after finding some key nuggets of information in this newsletter, I continued on my deep dive into phenobarbital for acute alcohol withdrawal and found an article on the website emdocs.net entitled ToxCard, Phenobarbital for Alcohol Withdrawal, written by Alyssa Thomas and a few colleagues in 2020. The article provides a lot of background information on phenobarbital for alcohol withdrawal, which we've already covered so far in this episode. And then I came to exactly what I was looking for, which was a section entitled, How to Use Phenobarbital for Alcohol Withdrawal Syndrome. And their first statement in this section captured exactly what I had been finding as I researched this episode, which was, quote, the ideal IV loading dose for alcohol withdrawal syndromes is not known and cannot be made based solely on the current literature as studies vary widely in their populations, indications, dosing protocols, outcome measures, and comparison groups, end quote. So they were finding exactly what I was finding is that the literature on giving IV phenobarbital for alcohol withdrawal is all over the place. However, 
they move on to make some recommendations based on the best evidence they could find from the literature. They report that a reasonable starting dose for phenobarbital monotherapy for alcohol withdrawal is 260 milligrams IV, and that a reasonable starting dose for phenobarbital for alcohol withdrawal when used as an adjunct therapy is 130 milligrams IV. Doses will need to be titrated to effect and may need to be repeated. The authors move on to give us a few cautions about phenobarbital for alcohol withdrawal. When you are giving repeated doses, watch out for the cumulative effect of phenobarbital. Given the long half-life, multiple doses can add up and cause sedation. There is also the risk of sedation when high doses of phenobarbital are used, with the maximum daily dose in this article being reported as 20 milligrams per kilogram daily in an adult. That's a little bit higher than what we've seen before. Furthermore, these authors add that if benzodiazepines and phenobarbital are used together, they can have a synergistic effect and can also cause sedation. So, given the risk of sedation in these scenarios, patients should receive appropriate monitoring for oversedation and respiratory depression. And one last thing, phenobarbital is caustic to veins, so it should be given through a large IV. Putting all of this together, I finally was beginning to feel like I was getting a sense of how phenobarbital is appropriately used for alcohol withdrawal. And just to be sure, I went to the holy grail of medical information to make sure I wasn't missing anything up to date. And I reviewed the article, Management of Moderate and Severe Alcohol Withdrawal Syndromes by Robert Hoffman and Gerald Winehouse. They recommend the use of benzodiazepines for alcohol withdrawal and only use phenobarbital for refractory delirium tremens, which they define as alcohol withdrawal refractory to greater than 50 milligrams of diazepam or an equivalent benzo in the first hour of treatment or greater than 200 milligrams of diazepam or an equivalent benzo in the first three to four hours of treatment. They follow with a pretty definitive statement on phenobarbital for alcohol withdrawal, quote, we do not advocate for the use of phenobarbital as monotherapy for acute alcohol withdrawal, end quote. They clarify that this is because they feel that symptom-triggered therapy with a long-acting benzodiazepine such as diazepam is superior as the initial treatment for alcohol withdrawal as compared to phenobarbital. They move on to describe how they use phenobarbital for refractory delirium tremens. They use 130 to 260 milligrams of phenobarbital IV every 15 to 20 minutes until symptoms are controlled. They do not go higher than 15 milligrams per kilogram in the first 24 hours. Once the patient is stabilized, they continue a maintenance dose of phenobarbital at 130 to 260 milligrams divided BID for three to five days. Then they start a slow taper along with other therapies for alcohol withdrawal as the person emerges from acute alcohol withdrawal. And if you're asking about intramuscular or oral phenobarbital, I really couldn't find anything at all. Okay, that was a brontosauric amount of information on this topic. Let's wrap this up with some good old-fashioned take-home points. Number one, phenobarbital is a medication that can be used in the treatment of alcohol withdrawal. It is a barbiturate and may be given IV 
IM or PO. Number two, phenobarbital has a unique mechanism of action in the treatment of alcohol withdrawal in that it potentiates the effect of GABA, can stimulate and activate the GABA receptor at high doses even when GABA is not present, and suppresses the effects of glutamate. It also has a very long half-life. Number three, in studies on alcohol withdrawal, benzodiazepines and phenobarbital are generally both found to be effective medications to treat alcohol withdrawal. Number four, unfortunately, research on phenobarbital for the treatment of alcohol withdrawal has used multiple dosing regimens, multiple dosing formulations, and multiple dosing protocols. The ideal dosing regimen and route of administration of phenobarbital for alcohol withdrawal is not known. Number five, in reviewing the literature, the most common dosing regimen used is a starting dose of 130 milligrams to 260 milligrams IV, starting with the lower dose for less severe withdrawal and the higher dose for more severe withdrawal. Doses may be repeated if symptoms are persistent despite initial dosing up to a maximum of 10 to 20 milligrams per kilogram in the first 24 hours. Number six, while there is no true consensus here, up-to-date recommends against the use of phenobarbital as monotherapy for alcohol withdrawal given the well-established efficacy of a symptom-triggered approach with long-acting benzodiazepines for acute alcohol withdrawal. Number seven, phenobarbital, given its mechanism of action, appears to be most useful for alcohol withdrawal that is refractory to treatment with benzodiazepines and should be considered for any patient being admitted to the intensive care unit for acute alcohol withdrawal. And number eight, when treating patients with alcohol withdrawal with phenobarbital, watch for over-sedation when using multiple doses of phenobarbital, high doses of phenobarbital, or when combining phenobarbital and benzodiazepines. So after all this, what's my bottom line? I will consider adding 130 milligrams to 260 milligrams of IV phenobarbital for patients with severe alcohol withdrawal, either not responding to high-dose benzos and or being admitted to the intensive care unit with repeat doses as needed for refractory symptoms. While there are other options on how to use phenobarbital for alcohol withdrawal, this seems to be the best option based on the limited literature on the topic. Whew. All right, that was a super deep dive and the hardest topic yet for me to research. Thanks for listening through all of it, and thanks for what you do. Don't forget, treating substance use disorders saves lives.